0: I want to look at a story from John 21 this morning and still kind of following the pattern of the days after Jesus' resurrection and uh, drawing an encouragement out of it. And uh, this morning, before we read this story, and uh, you can just remain seated when we bring the scriptures up because it's a little bit lengthy, but before we read it, I want to kind of give you the narrative so that you're not just reading the story and kind of in the dark, where's he going, where's he going, where's he going, where's he going, where's he going. going? But I want to give it to you up front so you can read this story along this morning, and you'll have the narrative in your mind, and you can look for it as we read it. You can see it as we read it. You can kind of see what it is that's going to come out of this this morning. And uh, though many things could, but... This, there's two particular things that I want us to focus on this morning. We've been talking about 50 days of encouragement. and That being after resurrection leading all the way up to Pentecost. In Jesus' days before the ascension, before Pentecost, Jesus walking this earth. And, and, and seemingly, seemingly in every story, he, he really had one purpose. And that was encouraging, 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 encouraging his believers. Encouraging the disciples. Encouraging those. And today, there's no different. This morning, as we read John 21. I want to give you this thought and this narrative. Encourage to refocus. Encourage to refocus. I want you to think about that. Encourage to refocus. Anybody ever, any mothers in here ever lose or suffer from losing focus? Anybody's got toddlers? (laughs) Do you struggle losing focus? Or anybody's got teens? Amen. I got some mamas with me. Some daddies sitting out there like, I'm tough as nails. I don't know. Yeah, right, 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 right. Oh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> amen, amen. Encouraged to, re- to refocus. That's what Jesus, I feel like, uh, there's a lot of things in this story, but as a whole, as this whole story comes together, I feel like that's what Jesus was up to, and especially for Peter. He was really after Peter in this story. And... Uh, Trying to encourage him that he may refocus. That he, cause he's going to be a big player. Peter's going to go from really out of focus in this story to we know him as being the main key guy in Pentecost as the Spirit did fall. And he was so laser focused after that day. So uh, let's read this story. You can just remain seated. And I just want to read this story along. And I want you to kind of keep that narrative in your mind because it's a little bit lengthy. But listen, after these things, Jesus showed himself again because he'd been doing that. He'd been doing that for these, you know, 50 days up till ascension. He'd been showing himself, but he showed himself again to the disciples. This is what Davy was even talking about in Sunday school this morning. Uh, at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise, this is how he showed himself. This is what he did. This is how it come down. Verse 2, verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. And Simon they were all kind of there. And how many know they were there for a reason? They were in Galilee for a reason because that's where Jesus told them to go and wait. Remember? That's where they were to tarry. So, so they were on, they were partly on focus. They partly were there. But something began to happen. Something began to happen. And I'll go on and share this and I'll talk more about this in a minute, but sometimes we don't wait so well. You might. I don't do so well. I don't even wait good on Cindy. I don't. I don't wait well for my food. I don't wait well, you know, about anything. I just don't wait well. So they were struggling. Does anybody in here lose focus by not waiting well? Abraham did. Him and Sarah. They they didn't wait well on God and Hagar. Amen. Amen. Well, they weren't waiting well. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. Peter says to them, he's losing focus, y'all. He's losing focus. I go fishing. I go fishing. Now Jesus didn't say anything about going to Galilee and going fishing. He never did. He didn't say anything like that. He said, Go to Galilee and you tarry there and wait till I'm going to come there. You know, this is y'all wait on me there. So they went a fishing. We also go. How I many know oh, you can you can you can you can distract the whole crowd pretty quick? Amen. Look. They say unto him, We also go with thee. Oh, y'all act like y'all are sharp today. Yeah. They all say, We go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Jesus is giggling. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. <laughs> he stood on the shore, but look what's happened. Look what happened. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Verse 5. Then Jesus saith unto the children, Have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast your net on the right side of the ship. This sort of been. It should have been deja vu, shouldn't it? This should have been like, Wait a minute. Ain't we seen this before? But they still kind of distracted. So, 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 on the right side of the ship, and that, and they, and you shall find they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitudes of fishes. So here comes one. Therefore, the disciple finally, little light goes off. Therefore, a disciple who Jesus loved saith unto, "How many know who that who that disciple was? John, John." John, he said to Peter, he said to Peter, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt a fishing coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea, and the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were were 200 cubits dragging the nets with fishes. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals fish laid there on bread. Jesus said to them, bring ye the fish which you've even now caught. So Simon Peter went up, drew the net to the land great full of great fishes, 153. And, and for all they were, so many yet was not the net. They didn't break the net this time. Jesus said to them, come and dine. And none of the disciples died didn't even ask. They didn't dare ask, who are they? Because they're starting to get it now, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith, and this is where the conversation was. This is where it began. This is how Jesus was really laser Lasering in, centering in on Peter. He says, Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, do you love me? Lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, yeah, yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep, my lambs, verse 16. He saith unto him again a second time. I have this feeling that Peter was like me. He's hard to get focused. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love you, Lord. Cindy does that You, You love me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of y'all do me. Nana, she's famous for this. She'll come in and she'll she'll want me to. She'll get me by the face and she'll pull my face and say, "Hi, preacher," because she knows I'm going to be. I, I really relate with this this morning. So as I'm preaching on not being focused, there is now therefore no condemnation from the preacher, at all, at all. Anyway, some of y'all are drifting now back. Back, back. He said. So he said it again. Second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse seventeen. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he man. He said it again the third time. Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him. Feed my sheep. This was all for Simon's part. It was Jesus knew, but he was getting him focused. Feed my sheep. Verse 18. Truly, truly, I say unto thee, when thou wast young. Now, he's given him He's given him his prophecy for his rest of his life. He's prophesied actually the end of his life. When when you was young, thou girdest thyself. You went wherever you would. You'd go ever how you wanted. But when you shall be old, they shall stretch forth thy hands. And another shall gird thee. And they'll carry thee. Wherever thou would not, this is where you wouldn't go. You're to, And, of course, this spake, he's signifying by what death, what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Verse 20, watch Peter here. Peter turning about and seeing. Y'all ain't catching it. Focus, Peter. He just told him what's going to happen in his death, and he's... All of us. He's, he's done shifted. He's done lost focus. Somebody just telling me how I'm going to die. I'm going to be like. But he's lost focus. He's turned. He's looking to to John. He's, he get, he catches John walking over here. He sees John over here. He says, "What about that disciple whom whom you love? What's he going to do? Where, where's he going to be? Which leans on your breath. What, what, what about him? What about him?" Verse twenty one. Peter's seeing him. Saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Verse twenty-two. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till if he's here till I come back, if he's still here, if he's still alive when I come back, if the res if if the return of Jesus, the second coming, catches John here, he says, What is that to you? What's that to you? Focus, Peter. Oh, we're going to preach up in here this morning. I can feel it. Y'all feel that? Dang. What's that to you? And then Jesus focused him again. Follow thou me. Follow thou me. Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said unto him, you shall not die. But if if I will that his he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Last two verses. This this is the disciple which testify of these things. John's talking about now I've testified these I wrote these things, and we know that these testimonies are true. And in the last verse of this entire book, he says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, that which he did, that which has not that, that if we should write every one, I suppose that the world itself could not contain all that could be written could not even be contained. of all that Jesus really did. Amen. Father, bless your word. I thank you for our time together, and it's in your great and holy name, Jesus' name. Amen. I don't give you the narrative. I'm going to give you the title, Encourage to Refocus. Encourage to Refocus. And that's really what I've seen in this story. as As I... Studied this story as the Lord put some things in my heart. I had seen that that this whole story was was about distraction, and especially Peter, especially Peter. But I think we can all identify. I think as we go along, and I think you some of y'all already probably have you've seen the distraction of your own life. You've seen you've seen you've seen the need many times to refocus, to get it back together. Life's got you here, life's got you there, life's got your eyes off of this, life's got your eyes off the prize, life got your eyes off of Christ, life got your eyes off of what was important, all the noise, all the clutter, all the glamour, all the other things going on, you got your eyes off. And we've all we've all seen a need sometimes to really refocus, to get it back together. And that's what Jesus was really trying to do. He was trying to, to encourage, to encourage, because this is why. I believe this all my heart, that, that, that distraction can cost you everything. Everything. Distract. I've seen it. I've seen it in so many lives. People that had seemingly what they thought was everything they needed in life, everything they wanted in life, maybe in a family or maybe in this or whatever, and they thought "Man, then distraction. The shiny, the new, the whatever. Distraction. Amen. And, and, and it cost them so much. Jesus even, even told us uh, in Mark 4, we'll read that right quick. Mark 4, he he kind of tells us that in Scripture about how distraction will cost us everything. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Man, focus, pay attention, really get it. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. Really focus on what you hear. Take heed, because with, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall be more given. Focus. Let me just throw this in there right quick. Focus brings growth. Whatever you focus on will grow. Whatever, even the negative. If you focus on the negative, come on, church family, it will grow. If you focus on the godly, that will grow. Whatever you focus on, is it measured out? The same will meet back. You focus on your relationship with God, let me tell you something, what will happen? It will grow. It will grow. It'll grow. If you focus on yourself, that's what will grow. Whatever you focus on. That's what Jesus is teaching. And then in, in, in the last part of that verse, he says, For for he that hath to him shall be given. To he that hath not from him, even be taken away. When you lose focus, you even lose, you lose even what you had. Do I got any help in here? You lose even what you had. It's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. It costs you everything. That's why, you know, Jesus went around even, he, he, he spoke like that. He spoke in parables and in mysteries, not to trick people, not to fool people, but so people would have to focus, to hear, to zero in so they could really get it. He wasn't trying to trick the Pharisees or the religious people or none of us. When you read the Bible and you say, I don't really get that parable, I don't really get that, that's mysterious. Well, focus on it. You know what focusing on it really means? It means contemplate the deep truths of God. Really roll around the deep truths of God in your mind. Dwell on them, dwell on them, dwell them. Don't let it ever buzz, ever whistle, ever phone alert, ever tweet, everything that goes on in this distracted life to pull you away from contemplating the very deepest things of God. It's so important. It's so important, or you'll lose everything. You're in danger of losing everything. I know you like Facebook, and I know you like Twitter, and I know you like text messages and I know you like this. And I know you love your iPhone. And I know all that. But, man, you're going to have to get away from some of the distraction sometimes yeah. to contemplate, to roll it over. Because this is some of this stuff you don't get in one setting or one reading. Or 101 readings. It's contemplating. It's the journey. It's walking it out. It's seeing it and seeing it again. And the distraction, all it does is it moves us. We drift. Just like they brought me out in Sunday school about the plow. And no one puts their hands to the plow and they don't look back. Why? Because that you'll drift. Distraction. Distraction causes us to drift and, and to lose where we're at. We want to pay the more earnest heed. The Hebrew writer says, the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we do drift. We'll drift in a second, in a little bit. Amen. Distraction is the enemy of your best life. Here. You better get that. Whatever life, whatever that is, I'm not saying your best, let me just put this out there. I'm not saying your best life is here. I'm not saying that, but this distraction is the enemy of your best life here. That's what it is. Because you'll lose so much. You can lose so much. So much can get away so quickly. Because distraction, it leads to shallow thinking. Shallow thinking. Some of you are struggling now because it's tough. I know. I remember I preached a long, long, long time ago about the squirrel. Y'all remember the squirrel? It was that movie with the dog. I can't remember. Yeah, whatever the name of that movie was. Anybody can remember that? What? Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that. I used to watch it with the kids and stuff. I love that. I love that. But, man, I'm like the dog. Squirrel. And I'm gone. I'm so laser focused, and I'm like, going to do this, going to do it. Squirrel. And I'm gone. I'm just gone. That 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 show. And, and some of y'all are grinning and laughing and shaking your head, and because you're just like the dog with squirrel. That's who you are? I come. I come barreling in the house sometimes with an agenda, and I, I get about in the middle of the floor and I just stop. And I look at Cindy, and most of the time she can tell me where I was heading. Most of the time. Sometimes I buffalo her even. But most of the time she can tell me, oh, you came for the cheese or something. I doing hamburgers on the grill. I go, yeah, yeah, cheese, cheese. The stri- Squirrel! I'm gone. I'm gone. But it is. It's, it's, it's such an enemy. It's such an enemy because it keeps us from thinking deeply. Man, that's what this book's about. This book, this book this morning. This is not this is not your weekly total of thinking on God's word. This should not be. I hope I stir you stir something that makes you think all week, but this should not be it. There's deep truths you need to keep these deep truths from last year you should still be rolling around. There's scriptures you should be rolling around that's stuck in your crawl that you should still be rolling around. But distractions keeps us from doing that. And we think so shallow. And here's the bad thing about that. When you think shallow, here's what happens. Guess what? You live shallow. You live so shallow when you think shallow. You can't help it. That's just where it ends up. That's just where it all goes. That's where the living is. You end up living in the vapor. You live in the this place. You live in the now and not in eternity. The deep truth should make you live beyond this vapor. Into the eternity. Am I preaching? Yes. It should. It should. It should. So busy. So busy and, 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 and distracted. Amen. And most of you are discontent because of it. You're not happy where you're at. And all that's because of distraction. You've been chasing squirrels. And that leads to discontentment because you don't know why? Because distraction leads to no success. True success, what you really want, what you really, what's really important in life. When you're distracted, you never get there because of what? Whirl! I'm trying to leave this mark in your mind. Am I doing it? Whirl! It will, though. You'll, you'll never find the success. That's why you'll be discontent. Some of you out there are discontent today. And let me just tell you why. It's because you've been distracted. It's been distracted because what you focus on will grow. What you set your mind to, what you roll over, these deep thoughts, these things. Amen. Amen. And all that leads to shallow doing. Shallow doing. You don't live. You, 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 you live a life. Of shallow doing. Never really doing the important things. Never really seeing those things accomplished. Never getting there. Martha, Martha. You're cumbered and troubled about so many things. But Mary has chosen this one thing. This one thing. One powerful thing. Focus. Focus. This, this what we're doing today. This is one powerful thing. I have desired. David said, "Desired." I put my. This is the my one power. How I many know this morning where you're at? This is the one thing that's powerful enough to make you content, to fill you with contentment. This is the one thing can He's a big enough God. Set your desires on Him. He's a big enough God to fulfill every success and every content of your heart. He's a big enough God to make you. Feel the joy, the happiness of life that you really desire. Quit chasing squirrels. Quit chasing and move. move. If you've got a shallow relationship this morning, most of that's because of distraction. I'm going to show that to you in Scripture more more predominantly here in a minute, but it's just true. It's just true. But in this story, that's really what is going on. You know what's, a, what's amazing to me, and i got to hurry. What's amazing in this story? And it's not only in this story, but it's in every every time Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection. This was the narrative. Every time. What, what was the narrative? They never knew who he was. Ever. From even poor little, bless her heart, Mary. Mary who we thought if anybody gets it right, Mary will get it right. Because, man, she hung in there to the end. But Mary said, she's supposing that it's a gardener. Are you the gardener? The disciples. I know Thomas gets a lot of a lot of bad publicity, a lot of bad emails because he doubted. But 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 finally, when he did see, what's everybody else doing? They ain't getting it right. They think he's a gardener. They getting it wrong too. Everybody's getting it wrong. And even in this story, this story here's Peter. He's here's the disciples. They out there fishing. Out there, Jesus standing just plain, broad daylight, broad view, and to me, this is a, this marvel, this is an amazing thing. Now I know, I know, I know. There's been a change. I know, but but we're talking about this is Jesus. This is it. This is like one of them. What the heck moments? I just thought about that. I got to tell this story. I know I'm distracted right now, but I got to tell this story. This is so funny. My wife, you know, she, she she's a manager over there where she works. And and she's got a lot of Vietnamese that now work for her, or started a few years ago, started working for her. And and no, I'm not going to be culturally nasty or nothing like that. Just hang with me. Uh, But but she she had trouble with this language barrier with them, And their culture was different. And if they were sick or whatever, they just didn't show up. They didn't call in. They didn't say nothing. They just didn't show up. So my wife was trying to get them in this groove, you know, trying to teach them, trying to teach them. As their manager, she needed to know. I mean, if you ain't, she she told him. She said, she said, just call. Just she give them the number. Just call in and say no work, because they couldn't speak English. Hardly worth nothing. She said, just say no work, no work, no work. So this one little lady, what was her name? Sunshine Dang or no, no, that was a, my something. One of them was Sunshine Dang. I'm serious. That was her name, Sunshine Dang. Anyway, anyway, I say, see y'all. Y'all y- focus. Okay, oh, you're chasing squirrels. Sunshine, day, on with me. See, I led you down this path. <laughs> now we're all chasing squirrels, and we don't even know where we're at. We'll probably never get back out of this. But anyway, now I got to finish the story because we're too deep to back up now. So, so this other lady, she she taught her what to do to call in. And finally, finally, she's they're learning. They're learning, but they just ain't quite got the culture. Language, trying to learn this American lingo. And it's so funny. She called in one morning. She called in one morning and, and she gets Cindy's phone and she leaves a message. And she says, uh, No work. And then she goes, It was a little pause. And then she goes, What the heck? She's, got it. She's, she's getting there. <laughs> she calls in and she says, "No work." And then there's a little pause. "What the heck?" And what she's done, what she's done, she, she's, she, she, she's got it mixed up, thinking she's got to answer for Cindy. She's heard that she's heard this language go on like, "I can't work today. What the heck?" And she's got all this language all mixed up, and, and she thinks she's supposed to say, "I can't work today. What the heck?" It's hilarious. I said all that just to tell you, this was one of them what the heck moments. No wonder it takes me two hours to preach a 20-minute sermon. Because I'm distracted. My mind will not be still. But anyway, this is a what the heck moment. To me, when I'm like, y'all can't see, this is y'all... What the heck, can't you, they never recognize him, they never get it. The Emmaus Road disciples, they done walked seven miles and ain't figured it out yet. They've been walking, Jesus been talking, Jesus been teaching, and they still ain't figured it out. They ain't never get it unless he opened up their eyes. They never got it. What the heck? I don't get it. It's just amazing to me. So distracted. So distracted. So I thought about why Why does it distract, why do we struggle? What's, what is the struggle for the distracted to recognize? And see, that's what you need to get. If you're here distracted this morning, you struggle to recognize Jesus doing anything in your life. I know it took me 20 minutes to make that point, but here we are. It does. When you, when you struggle to recognize the true Jesus, when you're distracted, you do struggle. No, but whatever it is because all these narratives, all these stories they were all different. they all struggled with various things. Poor little Mary, she was grief-stricken. How many of you know that's a distraction? Now it's a natural and it's, it's okay, we understand it, but grief had her distracted. Anybody out there? All the, some of some of the others they were discouraged. things were not going like they thought it was the kingdom wasn't being set up, they wasn't now in control. Rome wasn't being defeated. they were discouraged, they were distracted. Had their minds on what should have been, could have been, what would have happened. Distracted. You ever get distracted by what you expected to happen? What you thought should have, what you really wanted to happen? And you miss Jesus. You miss Jesus completely. Completely. And it, and it don't matter. It's hard to say. You know, When you're distracted, all the physical, you know, the Bible says this. The Bible says that, that the creation declares the glory of God. We know that. When you're distracted, you can't see God in nothing. Creation don't do anything. And when you're not distracted, man, you can see God in a tulip. You can see God in a bumblebee. You can see God in whatever it is. You can look out on some vast part of nature and go, man, God is awesome. But when you're distracted, physical things, that's what was going on. Man, Jesus is on the beach, and they are missing it. Physical senses don't bail you out. They don't you still struggle? You'll struggle, you'll struggle, you'll struggle, you'll struggle. Past experiences, these are guys who've walked with him three and a half years. They've seen it, they've heard it. Deja vu should have took place even in this story when he said, Cast your net over here. That should have been the moment like, Man, I, I think I've seen this movie before, but they didn't. Past experience when you are distracted, past experiences are. You still don't recognize Jesus. Jesus, for seven miles, walked with the Emmaus disciples. Seven miles. And what was he doing? Teaching them everything about him. Everything from the from the Old Testament through the prophet. For seven miles. Seven miles they walked and Jesus taught them. He was teaching them about him. The guy that was walking with them. And they still ain't getting it. Let me just say, just because you hear scripture, if you're distracted, you don't get nothing out of scriptures. Boy, that'll preach right there. That'll hit home on a Sunday morning. You're sitting up in here this morning, you ain't getting a thing out of this. Well, it might be my bad preaching, yes, yes. But it might be that you're too distracted to get anything. It could be that Jesus could walk with you seven miles. could be that Jesus could walk home with you declaring all things he ever did. And you still wouldn't get it because you worried about this or you're worried about that or your mind's over here or your mind's over there. I don't know. Maybe I come to the wrong church this morning. Maybe I had another appointment. I don't know. Amen. So none of these things, facts, none of these things. He was just, Peter was just, was just so distracted. And I told you a couple of real quick things, real quick things, and i got to get where i can close. He was distracted, and he's waiting. He just couldn't wait. Just like us. We just can't wait. We just can't. We get in a hurry. We get waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Some of us have been in waiting. Sometimes we been in waiting patterns for a long time. We wait on God. We wait on God. But God sent you there to wait. We'll wait. If He's got you where you need to be, we'll wait. But Peter had gotten distracted. He, he'd gotten distracted by waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I believe he was distracted by discouragement. He was distracted because it wasn't turning out like he thought it was. Although he'd done seen Jesus again, this is the third time he'd seen him, but he's still discouraged because because he can tell this ain't going the way we wanted it to go. I know a lot of church people. That's the way they get. They get so distracted by discouragement because this thing ain't going like I wanted it to go, and you're distracted. God ain't working on your timetable. God ain't working it like you wanted to work it. God ain't moving. God ain't touching. God ain't manifesting. God ain't done something like you want him to do it. He might leave the thorn in the flesh your entire life. Ask Paul. But Paul still wasn't distracted. He still was laser focused. Pressing towards that high. Pressing. Pressing. Just like Jesus with a, a jaw of flint. Pressing. Towards purpose. Pushing. not dis- Not distracted. But I think that's one thing that happened to Peter. Maybe it was failures. Y'all ever get discouraged by your failures? We know that's the part of this narrative. You missed it. You messed up. You failed again and again. Big failures maybe. And you're distracted. You keep looking back. I've talked to people like this. I've talked to them. I've ministered to them. I've seen them come to this altar and they get grace and they get forgiveness and they get empowered. But But yet they keep going back. They're distracted by what they did 22 years ago. Jesus forgave you whenever you asked him. Quit being distracted by a failed this or a failed that or a missed this. Quit crying over spilled milk. That's a failure. All right, I give it to you. Did you ask Jesus to, to cover it, to forgive it? Well, if you did, quit being distracted by that that he's put under in the far reaches of the deep, deep sea. Never to be exhumed. Never to be pulled up. Why should you be distracted about something he has forgotten? That he has put under the blood. He can't see it for the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has covered it. And he's covered it in such a way that it can never be seen again. Don't you be distracted where you missed it. Don't you be distracted because you wasted X amount of years. Don't you be distracted because you wasn't there for your kids or whatever the story may be. Hey, I think Peter was suffering with that. He knew he'd fail. He understood that. He understood that. And by all means, don't be distracted by others. They are always going to be others, going to say something, do something, be something. Always going to be others. Don't be discouraged about that. What's, in the words of Jesus Christ, what's that to you? What Jesus? What is that to you? Hey, if they're doing this and doing that, what is that to you? Hey, hey, they're doing something you're in, some, maybe even something evil you're in. What is that to you? Well, they not. They know how to go through what I, what is that to you? Jesus said, follow thou me. You follow me. What's that to you? No matter the case, I got to close. I know I do. I say that all the time, but I get so distracted. And I'm going to have to cut this off. I'm going to have to cut this off and go to the closing. So, I want you to know I'm leaving out like a portion about like that, which that's about an hour. Somebody just went, (laughs) 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 I pulled you back in. He was getting distracted, but I pulled you back in, but I'm going to cut some off. I got focus now, focus. We're going to land this plane. If you don't get distracted when you land the plane, you'll crash. All right? So, don't be distracted. So, here it is. Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Here's, here's what Jesus come in this story to do. To help Peter through these things that we've even discussed. And to help him refocus. And I wonder this morning, is there some here that needs to refocus? That's what I come for. No ifs, ands, but I come that you might refocus this morning. That's what God, he wants you encouraged this morning. He don't want you discouraged by all the misses and all the other things or others don't don't you be discouraged by others or any of those other things no he wants you to be encouraged so that this morning you can refocus for what's next what's next if you don't refocus you'll miss what's next and what's next is most important what was not such a big deal no more if you ask Jesus about it what's next can't change yesterday, but my gosh, tomorrow can be so much different. Let me just tell you something right now: focus will change your future. It will. I guarantee it. So, so Jesus comes, and this is one of the things He's trying to do. I see in this story; He's trying to get Him, get He's trying to to help Him refocus on on waiting on Him, because see, they're not done waiting. They got to go from here to this upper room and wait some more. And he is, that's all he's trying to do. You that don't wait well, let me just say, you, you need to refocus this morning on waiting. What does that really mean, preacher? What does that really mean? We need to refocus on where God wanted you. Where did God tell you to be? Where would God have you to be? Where does God want you today? Are you there? Are you there? Are you exactly where God told you to be? Or 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 have you got distracted and you're not there anymore? Well, in refocusing, here's what you need to do this morning. You need you need to go back to where God wants you and had you to be. Let's refocus it. Where did God tell you to be? Where did God tell you how to be? Come on now. That's refocus. that's getting back. Are you where he told you to be? Are you like he told you to be? Amen. Amen. That's not the only thing he did. That's not all. That's not all. He also, he also, I feel like in this, as he began to, especially with the Emmaus Road disciples and, and some in this story too, he wanted them refocusing on all that they'd ever heard, all that they'd ever seen, refocus on all their experience, refocus on all of these things, refocus on, begin to think over the deep truths, begin to think again, of, think deeply on the truths, why? So you can live deeper, so you can love deeper, refocus, you know, I refocus all the time on the truths that I've learned. I refocus all the time on my experiences. I refocus all the time on on how God's moved in my life. I I focus all the time on how God healed me. I focus on how, how, all the time how God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I focus all the time on when, how he called me. That's why you hear all these stories umpteen times because, you know what, I don't forget them because I refocus on them. I refocus on them. I refocus. I, I read stories out of this book and, and I refocus. It pulls my mind back to think over these deep truths here. I can read Acts 1, Acts 2, and immediately I'm back in a little tent revival in Pulaski County being filled with the Holy Ghost and power never to be the same again, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, never to be the same again, I'll refocus. I'll refocus. I, when, when I hear somebody is sick, I, I focus again. I hear focus again on healing virtues and healing power of God, truths. Everything I've learned, everything I've heard, everything I've seen, messages that I've heard for all these 28, 9 years, every, every truth that I ever heard, I'll refocus on it. Not the distractions, the truths. The truths. That's what Jesus was trying to get them to do. This morning, maybe you need to refocus on your past experiences. You need to refocus on what you've learned, the deep truths that are in your heart. Think on them again. It'll help you refocus. It'll help you get away from the distractions. Amen. This is a big one to me. And we've seen it in this story. It was so plain in this story. Three times, three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You know what? You know what Jesus was doing? Getting him to refocus on their relationship. Because that's what's suffering. Distract. Relationships what always suffers in distraction. Even in marriage or friendships. That's what happens. Especially with God. Especially if I walk with Jesus. You get distracted. The relationship suffers. And that's what he was doing. Do you love me? Do you love me? Grieved him the third day. Do you love me? Focus, he said. Let's focus on. I want to tell you something this morning. Maybe it is you need to refocus on your relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? Refocus. Refocusing on that. Because when you're distracted, you lose that. You lose that. That gets, gets kind of pulled away, that goes away. Distraction destroys relationship. And that last part, that last part, y'all, y'all come on. That last part, Jesus, Jesus when he was telling him, more, more or less he was telling him, you're going to be crucified just like me. That's what he was telling Peter. You're, you're going to die the same death that I am. You're going to, they're going to carry you, you're going to just see, you know what all went on? He said, you're going to die like this. And you, Peter looks around, well, what about, what about Danny? What, what, what about, what, what about Drew? Or, or Terry? What about Kevin? I'm going to tell you, the Bible is really real, ain't it? When you study it. It, it is a human reaction, ain't it? What, what about Davey? on it. What the heck? And you know what what Jesus said? You know what he does? He's trying to get that distraction out of him. He said, said, what's that to you? You follow me. If they live, if they get to eat strawberries and take a bubble bath, what's that to you? I don't know. I don't even know why I said that. If they get to live a good life, what's that to you? Some of y'all think I eat strawberries. Take bubble bath now, don't you? <laughs> Only once. No, I really didn't even. <laughs> I really didn't even once. <laughs> but I don't see nothing wrong with it if you do. I mean, you know, I like strawberries. Okay. <laughs> Squirrel. See, I am definitely the wrong one to preach distraction, but I can preach it for real. I can preach this thing for real. Because I know what it is to be just right. I was ADD before they even knew what that was. Uh, You know what? They didn't have medicine for it when I was a kid. They beat the fire out of me. (laughs) They started at the school bus that morning, and then they'd pass me to my teacher, and then my teacher wore out. She'd ask me to the principal, and then the psycho would return in the evening. I'd go back to the school bus driver, and then when he got home, he told my granddaddy, and everybody got a piece. That's how they handled ADD back in 1973. (laughs) Just so y'all know. Did it work? Well, I don't know. What do y'all think? What Jesus was really trying to do was trying to get Peter this. I believe this all my heart. This is important. You might think this is morbid, but this is true. This is scripture. Refocus on your death. Refocus on your last day. Refocus on dying. Teach us to number our day. Consider your latter end. See what we're worried about? You know what you're focused on this morning? You're focused on living. Focused on living. And I ain't saying there's anything wrong with that, but you better be focused on when you stand before him. Because you will. Pointed on the man who wants to die. And then you'll stand before Him. And we should focus on that. We should focus on that. We should refocus. So distracted by life and all the bells and whistles that we, sh- we need to go back and refocus and consider. Consider how this is all going to end out. How am I going to say, if I die now, how will I say it? How will I stand? Distractions. Killing us. I do. It's almost in this age, and it is with me. Like I said, there's no condemnation here. But it's almost in this distracted age that we have. It's almost a superpower to be focused nowadays. I I know somebody like to leap tall buildings with a single bound and fly like a jet or whatever. But I just want to tell you something: focus is a superpower. Super. I just come to encourage you this morning. No matter what's went on, no matter how distracted you've been, no matter how distracted you are now, if you're thinking about Mama's house, thinking about the Cracker Barrel, thinking about what's next, I understand that. Focus in a minute though, because you need to refocus this morning. I, I want to break this up. Come on, stand with me. I want to break this up just a little bit. Stand with me this morning. Bow your head if you don't mind. Bow your head. I want to ask you this morning. Are you out there this morning? And you need to refocus on where God wants you. Because through the distractions, you're nowhere near where God wanted you right now. You're not even close. You're not even close to where God wanted you. Distractions have carried you here. Distractions have carried you there. And you're miles away. Is that you this morning?